The construction of the Pyramid of Khufu in the 20th century BC in Egypt. The conquest of Persia by Alexander of Macedon in the 4th century. The expedition of Zhang He, Chinese admiral and eunuch, to the Pacific coast in 1421. The landing of the first man on the moon in 1969. The first episode of TV comedy Seinfeld in 1989. There are times in the course of human events that a single event can change the course of history for generations to come. These events are marked as achievements, but in perspective, they can be terrible and destructive events as well. December 31st, 2017 has joined the, these events as those that are marked for the periods at which the arc of history is bent yet again. The 2017-2018 Buffalo Bills have made the fucking playoffs. Welcome, everyone, to the episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that is in the playoffs. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And holy fourth and 12, my friends. Um, <laughs> we have got a crazy show for you because crazy things are happening. Uh, we've had extensive discussions about how this show should be structured, if structure is the correct word. Um, but I think we're going to just start... Um, with how uh, how we feel about it, uh, what we were doing during the climactic moments, any sort of history as a Bills fan that you think is important. Um, I will say that I woke up my child screaming, uh, not so much when the Bills beat the Dolphins, obviously, which was important, but I think the moment that everyone uh, is the 4th and 12 that went from, uh, they're just not going to get this done. I mean, I went from, it's just not going to happen to, it happened. There wasn't even an intermediate stage of, of oh my God, this could happen. It was, this isn't going to happen to it. It had suddenly happened. Um, I'd like to beat my chest briefly, that if you listen to the end of the last podcast, I was the one who said that the team that, the, <laughs> that could fall was Baltimore. That the Bengals were better than people thought, and Baltimore was beating bad teams. But yeah, if we didn't um, have such a good cold open there, I was going to pretend to be eating and be like, "Oh, this crow tastes delicious." But, <laughs> but that was well, a better cold open anyway. It's good to eat that crow. It's it, and it's not even really crow. It's just it's um, there's already been a perspective change. I I tried to put in perspective for my wife who I did not know the last time the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs. Uh, she was in high school. I had just finished college i hadn't moved to washington dc i hadn't contemplated we'll leave the years out profession. of it just for just for everyone's sanity so <laughs> well i just yeah, right. uh, we've had look i've thought about this a million different ways about all the things that have happened since the last i was you know um we've had two presidents elected with a popular minority but an electoral that, and that's only happened five times in the history of this country, it happened twice during this, 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 um, this, this drought this, that this we never have to talk about again. Um, like the, you know, the drought is now done. It's over. It's on to my. It's on to the Mar uh, Mariners. Yep. Um, and it's, for it's, the, for football, it's the Browns. I think it's the first time I've felt good and happy about football in at least ten years. Uh, probably not the whole of the drought, but. I think it's the first time I've really felt like, hey, this is fun. This was fun. And I, I think I might have had a little bit – I think I would have been proud of them if they had won and didn't make the playoffs. I think I would have been like that was still a much better season than anybody had rights to expect. The fact that it happened for them finally um, is just was emotionally 
a freeing. It was a very emotionally. It's why we why we have sports. We have sports to live vicariously through these these moments um, and and to feel something, you know, in our in our cold and empty lives. Uh, <laughs> with that, uh, let me go to let me go to you know the the um, let's go to Paul, who is also um, yeah, a Bills fan. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but, believe it or not, I do follow this this football team and have for a while. I was going to give a whole sort of history thing. I won't go into as much as I, I I plan to, and then talk about how I was was feeling about all this. So I first, you know, became. I remember being on the schoolyard, six, seven years old, and kids were throwing this ball around. I'm like, I wonder what game this is, and I became aware it was football. And then uh, I was I became graduated. The there was a team in my uh, local area known as Buffalo, New York, at the time. Uh, then by the time 1987 rolls around, I had discovered that, oh, this, the, you know, they've brought board this big quarterback. I remember last year that they rode him in on, in town in the back of the limo and all this other stuff. And it was a big deal. And so I, I filed this team really the, 1988 was the first year I watched pretty much every game. So you I, are I, the, you are yeah. the longest rooting bills fan because I did not really start paying attention to the bills until the Super Bowl 25 season. I just. Uh, I was aware. I didn't even really realize that Buffalo had a team probably until about that. And so. Yep. It's funny anyway. how we, we, we adopt different times. I only did because it became a weekly routine for my, my dad and I to go over to my great uncle's house on Sunday, just gave us an excuse to watch the game. And I remember that 88 season so perfectly and being there for the finale when all they had to do was beat the Colts and that Hoga boom came back and, and beat them and they lost home field advantage in the playoffs and that, that crippled them in the, the playoffs, that was the only bad Bengals news I have related because the Bengals got home field. The Bengals are generally talked about in very positive light on this podcast. So I've been through all that. And then after the, you know, the, the Super Bowl losses, the Kelly retires, Flutie and Johnson debate. And then, of course, uh, 99 happens, home run throwback. And what I'm feeling now, it's so uh, just incredible to me because we, we've heard so many coaches come in with different things. Drawn was the very calm leader. Chan Gailey is how are you going to respond to adversity type leader. Rex Ryan was rah, rah, rah uh, type leader, but none of them were able to get the job done. Some started better than, uh, or as well as Sean McDermott did this year, none of them could get uh, the job done. But McDermott praised this, this process and the right way of doing things and this winning culture and how prescient that's proven. Because if you look at this, and I won't go too far down the the path here, but you look at this bill. See, this is not one of the five or six most talented teams of the drought. No. There is no There's no Sam Adams, Ted Washington, Pat Williams, Nate Clements, Takeo Spikes, Antoine Winfield. I mean, those are just defensive players from the early 2000s that that popped to mind. And and to think what he was able to do with this team to get it in the position it's in, and just the other utter as Jerry Sullivan, the Buffalo News described, just a surreal feeling of this. This has happened, and I'm still. Just I know I should say come to terms with it because it's a feeling of joy, but it's also a feeling of shock still. And I, 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 in terms of how I feel, I don't even know if I've left the uh, the shock stage yet. But it's it's definitely just a a good satisfying feeling. Scott, so I have I mean obviously like yeah I mean I was uh, I was watching just briefly. I'll say I was <coughs> I was actually coming off of another nice football win uh, the night before the Badgers had won right. the Orange Bowl. So that was good. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. I watched that game. I watched that game till the Miami missed field goal and it was 34 24. My guy can go to bed now. They're not going to blow this because. Yeah. Doink to 23rd yard, 23 yard field goal off his yeah. home upright. Um, 
So the yeah, so I, I was kind of writing a little bit high, like I was kind of playing with house money a little bit at that point because I was kind of like, well, whatever. If the bills get in, I mean, not if the bills get in, that's you know whatever. It's not a big deal. But it's like I have no expectation that the bills are going to get in, so I'm not going to get my hopes up. Um, and I feel like, and so I I, I listened to most of the game because I usually don't watch because I don't uh, I don't stream them live and then I, I kind of kept an eye on the Baltimore Cincy game as much as I could as I was playing with the kids and doing other things around the house just because you know I can have the game on in the background while I'm doing that and and then as it got closer to the end I was definitely paying more attention uh, and then obviously the Bills game ended and then at that point the kids had gotten to bed so I was able to actually watch the last couple minutes and yeah I also uh, woke up my kids probably uh, with my yelp of excitement when yeah, and there was no the the Bengals weren't knocking on the door at the two yard line three times in a row. It was very much a bolt from the blue when when least expected on the fourth and twelve. Um, but I think in terms of my own history, I mean, I think for me it's a little weird. I mean, obviously, like I even though I kind of traced the roots of my fandom back to that Super Bowl twenty five um, as a you know the son of a Giants fan in Connecticut. I did not have the same access to the bills in the pre-internet, pre, uh, you know, direct TV days, and so you know, I think I probably watched him occasionally those first couple years afterwards. It's not like I could really like convince my dad to not watch the Giants and watch the Bills instead, even if the Bills were on TV, which they, they were more in those days probably. But mm-hmm. um, uh, so, and then really, it wasn't until probably '98, '97, '98 that I really started to kind of uh, you know be able to follow them more intently. Um, and then watch the games and obviously the Music City Miracles. You know, I definitely remember a lot very vividly. Um, so, you know, obviously I have, you know, I'm pleased for the, for the Bills that won um, this year and, and definitely do think about some of the guys who, who I liked who didn't get the wins. Obviously Fred Jackson kind of chief amongst them, but, you know, uh, Takeo Spikes, who when we did our kind of all Bills team um you know, last last uh, off season, I think it was. I think he might have been the guy who was on our linebackers who had the most. You know, the guy who had literally like left the Bengals just as the Bengals got good to go to the Bills because he thought the Bills had a better playoff chance, and a guy who never made the playoffs. So right. Anyway, the um, the you know, I think the thing that I'm struggling with is I'm not. I'm surprised I'm not more excited. And I'm going to say some of that's just kind of, you know, life is different as a 33-year-old man or however old I am, 34. Um, yeah. You know, I've got, I've got kids and a wife and a house and a job. And now, you know, compared to 2004 or 2007, you know, football is such mm-hmm. a smaller part of my life. So that, in that sense, you know, it, it's, it's somewhat removed from that. But I think... You know, some of it is also just the the fundamental humbleness of the achievement that we're celebrating. Like, it's not right. like they won the Super Bowl; they got into the playoffs. And I think part of that comes from two things for me. One is kind of getting to where Paul was going to a little bit, which is the the fundamental mediocrity of <clears throat> making the playoffs in general. Like, there have been a number of terrible teams that have made the playoffs the last seventeen years. Right. The Bills just happen to have, haven't happened to be one of them. Some of that is kind of cruel fate. Some of it is that the Bills have been deservedly not in the playoffs for many of those years um, because they weren't a good team, not because they some cosmic thing. Um, so I blame the Bills in part for their own kind of, because this is such a humble achievement, I think now it feels, it rings almost a little hollow to me because it's kind of like, I'm glad it's obvious, obviously. I don't want to completely like 
you know, say this isn't a big deal or it's not important on some level, but to me personally, it just feels like great. We made the effing playoffs and now, and part of it is also just this team in particular, which is kind of like, as again, as you guys have said, like the talent is, is really not there. And I have no expectation that this team's, I mean, sure. Like Jacksonville is kind of reminds me of one of those mediocre teams. That's not really that good, but it's still in the playoffs. And that's kind of what the NFL's built. They've built this system where it kind of allows a lot of mediocre teams to have a shot at, at winning it all until they get to the point where they have to play an actual, you know, good team or good quarterback like Brady or Rogers or somebody. And then the, the wheels kind of come off. Um, so I think part of that, so I'm a little tempered in my kind of joy at this point but part of that's also just because of because i'm sick and i don't want <clears throat> to i'm and i also probably just don't want to get my hopes up because if they get you know heartbroken again i'm I, you know self self uh, restricting a little bit so good old sad sack scott bringing the whole party down yep <laughs> no that, that's fair i think that you're right i think there is something to that and i think we're also a couple of days removed from the actual uh celebratory moment you know and i and i think that now that's also part of tuesday, it, yeah. tuesday and wednesday well you know the conversation in the the media and everything's even going to start turning to well we better you know what are, what are our chances against jacksonville what does jacksonville do uh can they can they beat them what's you know will LaShawn mccoy be healthy and so there's a practical level on which like you are still playing games so there's still things left to prove and yeah, like you are, if you look at the the tiebreaker, I mean, four teams at nine and seven, I had sort of forgotten in my zeal that they were had made it that like three other teams had the exact same record. Two of them were eliminated. Uh, one of them because essentially they played Cleveland twice um, and, <laughs> and that didn't help them at all. And the other one scored 50-something points against Buffalo. And, you know unfortunately has i wouldn't say a legitimate gripe because the tiebreakers are the tiebreakers but it's understandable that like people in los angeles that are chargers fans or san diego even if they're still fans there would be righteously a little like what the hell buffalo is not that good we were 50 points better than them mm -hmm. um you know to which my answer is tough shit like <laughs> i'm taking this and and, and running with it because every year somebody doesn't get in or gets in or doesn't and, and i think that you're some of what you said, Scott, hints at, at the, the truth of the matter is that, and, and Paul said this too, that this wasn't nearly the most talented team. Some of these other nine and seven and maybe even eight and eight teams maybe should have made the playoffs. Like if you weren't playing Tom Brady twice a year or if you were, um, you know, just a ball bounced a little bit differently, you, mm -hmm. you'd be in. And so to, to sort of, it's look, weird look, because, at the, look at the NFC: Detroit, Seattle, Dallas. These are decent teams that all went right. nine and seven, and none of them are in the playoffs. Right, and if you, if you, we as fans and people will create a distinction between this team and the previous seventeen iterations of the Bills because this team made the playoffs, and that ultimately is the first step on the ultimate, you know, path. Um, but to to sort of hold it up as well, this team was fundamentally better or this was the right thing or I'm sure we'll get into the offseason that Sean McDermott did something different that other coaches didn't do. Like, maybe, but at least two other coaches, three other coaches got to, or two other coaches got to nine and seven, I think, or three. I mean, yeah, three, I mean, we got four. Yeah, we Ryan, Marone, and Malarkey all got to nine and seven. And so, 
they just didn't get to nine and seven years when in years when nine wins would get you into the playoffs. Um, so there is room for tempering of, I think, expectations. Maybe not on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Scott, you're actually not going to be allowed to talk for us the podcast. Yeah, you got to be quiet. No, I, I mean, no, on no. this podcast, but maybe like, you know, as long, you know what, as long as you're not throwing cold water on anybody else, then you are thoroughly entitled no, to be I mean, over, yeah. you know, which you, you're it, it, not, so. Yeah, I know, and it's, it is, it is, um, you know, the, the, I mean, whatever, just because <laughs> it, it has happened or it's close to happening or it, it almost didn't happen, all those things are kind of, you know, that's life, you know, that's mm-hmm. every, every day is, is things that almost happen. You almost got hit by the bus. You almost were on that plane that crashed, you know, it's just, you know, that's how maybe you, you know, you got 10,000 spoons and all you need is a fork. It, yeah, I was going to say, know, you just, a lot of sports said ironic and then you just went right for it, which is good. You. Yes, yes, I did. So uh, anyway, so yeah, it's whatever. We, we can move on. Well, let's let's talk about first of all what a great fucking game against Miami it was because it was, a, it was an insane game. That yeah. entertainment value alone was insane. It was such a cool game. I mean, like let's let's talk about okay. So the first, the best thing about the weekend is Buffalo making the playoffs. I think the second best thing is Kyle Williams touchdown. Yes, which and Marcel then, Darius had the right reaction to. <laughs> right, didn't he say like he Shut said good up. for him? Shut the fuck up, right? <laughs> um, and then like I, I, I think for me the third best thing was that Miami choke or not Miami, uh, Baltimore choke because I really have a problem with the Ravens, um, personally. But, um, but I mean it was it was a good game. It was it was almost identical to the first Miami game. They got out to a huge lead. Um, they they let the Dolphins sort of whittle it away and get close, but the Dolphins never finished. Um, I'd say that I was a little surprised by how well David Fales played. I felt like he was actually not terrible. Um, you know, for a guy who's probably going to be competing for the backup role, everything I've read next year, they expect him to be like the, the, you know, the backup, not the third string quarterback next year. Um, uh, the crazy fight in the middle, um, the... Preston Brown dancing when he when he they thought his <laughs> touchdown counted. Um, I was so ready to turn off the Bills game when he that when and that I, scored. I, you, I was in a bar without sound, so I just saw Brown's reaction. I'm like, yes. Oh I'm no! Like, so you thought? Right. <laughs> I realized dancing. until I saw what the heck is going on, and I told the people in the bar next to me, all Ravens fans, like, oh, Bills just made it twenty nine to three or whatever it was at the time, and yeah, right, that was, that was wrong. Well, I mean, and so I, I, I guess I should bring up the stats of the game, but I mean. I think it's fair to say they went into Miami. They beat a, a semi-decent. I think Miami-Buffalo is a lot like Ravens-Bengals. Miami definitely could have beat Buffalo. They didn't. Buffalo went in and handled business, and, and frankly, the Ravens didn't. Um, well, and, and okay. But let, let's also, I'm going to throw in one. I'm going to Debbie Downer go coming it. in here. Let's um, do it. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, but that's part of the 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 kind of cosmic, you know, chance of this is the Bengals played like they had their season on the line, and for all they knew, their coach is getting fired. Obviously, he has since gotten extended, which is kind of weird on its own. Separate. But that's the Bengals podcast. Yes. Um, I, I, I kind of wish we had a Bengals podcast, by the way, too, because there's a lot of interesting shit going on in Cincinnati. Oh, I think we're going to talk a bit about the Bengals Ravens game. So you know, so we'll yeah, get, to the we'll get there. But that's the thing. Like they played out of their, they played really hard, and and they beat. Uh, you know, a, a decent, you know, Ravens team, the Dolphins, like 
they freaking put their backup in on the second series, the backup quarterback, just to take a look at him. And they play, they put, they put nine penalties on the board in the first half. It's like yeah. they barely showed up for the game. And it's kind of like, right. again, like if you're the, you know, the Chargers looking on the outside, looking in, like, what the F is that, Miami? Thanks a lot, jerks. Because it could have very easily been the opposite story of Miami showing up for business and the, the Bengals, you know, just kind of phoning it in. And maybe we're not, maybe. Maybe the Bills still win anyway, but you know I, there's no guarantee because I think there were clearly some people on Miami who mm-hmm. were a little checked out. Uh, yeah, I think so. I um, I agree. I, I it, yeah. but it was weird though because it was kind of the reverse because then all of a sudden the Bengals couldn't do anything for the whole game for the whole middle of the game and and whereas the Dolphins sort of started that way and then, well the then, Ravens def- all right well okay we will get into it sorry right okay continue on okay I. Meh, I y- I, I don't have much else to say because for some reason I can't find the goddamn box score. <laughs> uh, finally, I'm on the right page. Okay, here we go. Um, Buffalo was a two point favorite. They won, of course, by twenty. The score of twenty two to sixteen. Um, Taylor had a Tyrod Taylor day, nineteen to 70 percent, two hundred and four. He was a good. He was good. Tyrod, two hundred and four yep. yards, seventy percent completion, a touchdown. Oh, he no was Miami Tyrod, as we call right. him. <laughs> exactly. David fails. You know. 29 to 42 for 265 yards and a touchdown and a pick. I, I, that's not a terrible line. I did at the office for your backup. Yeah, right. Um, Marcus Murphy, seven carries, 41 yards. Mike Tolbert, seven carries. Mike Tolbert finally had a run I wasn't embarrassed by. <laughs> seven carries, 39 yards. Or one yards. that was good. Actually, not to fumble at the end of. Normally, he had a good <laughs> run. He then puts the ball on the ground, which he did twice on his previous good runs this year. McCoy struggled before he was injured. 11 carries for 10 yards. Um, including basically one that was a five-yard carry. Kyle Williams, of course, the star. Uh, one, well, I, I, I don't want to speak for Scott, but I, I, I feel like I might have to have a conniption fit if Kyle Williams isn't at least mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you heard one. his post game. He was noting that they knew he's uh, that was part of his race to 10K. That you know, because Shady yeah. just did that, so he's like, I got 99.99 to go. That's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> um, Kenyon Kenyon Drake had a good run. 32 yards, but, you know, held the 75 overall. Uh, you know, Charles Clay had a, a pretty good day. Him and O'Leary, seven catches for, for you know, 100 or, sorry, 90 yards and a touchdown between the two of them. Zay Jones managed to pull one in, two in, as it turned out. Uh, Steven Hauschka, who I think is, if I had to pick a person who is the difference maker, the reason they're in the playoffs, um, I think, you know, it might be Steven Hauschka, who literally changed where the bills could score from all year. And yep. if you add it up, to, I mean, obviously you need Taylor and McCoy and other people, but I think if there's a guy that, that is the tipping point sort of player, you look at Hauschka who is, you know, three for three long of 49 and an extra point. Uh, I, I don't know if I could call him the MVP of the team, but he, it's, he, it's, it's he a clear point. better position group than we had last year. Yes. Yes. Um, so do, do you have, Scott, we've been chatting. Give me some thoughts on this game. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, so I, again, I was listening on the radio, so obviously it's a bit, I have since watched it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, I think the thing I took away from it was, you know, again, like, you know, a Tyrod doing the Tyrod stuff, um, probably one of his better games as a bill, all things considering the stakes yep. and the, and the, the way he played. He also had the, um, you know, he did, take some shots downfield, including one that he didn't complete, but ended up getting a pass interference call that got the ball down to the one yard line that then led to the Kyle Williams touchdown. Um, so that, you know, again, that won't show up on the stat sheet per se, but that's a good, 
thing that they've we've obviously been yelling at him to do more of. Um, so I think um, he's definitely a good point. I think in terms of like actual game stuff, I I get worried sometimes that this team literally has no second gear. Um, I think Scott has muted Sorry. himself. There we go. All right. There we go. So they have a second gear, but not a first gear. Like when they're playing hard and they're doing everything they're trying to do, they can be a semi-decent NFL team that can kind of sneak into the playoffs at 9-7. But if they take the foot off the gas at all, like it's a shit show. Like the like that was what happened at the end of the first Dolphins game. That's what happened at the end of this Dolphins <laughs> it was, game. It was the same game. It really it was really the same was. game. It's like, oh, like we can't like we can't go into the prevent defense because we have no prevent defense. Like literally, <laughs> some of that work that fails did was against the prevent defense, and so that's you know good for him for racking up the yards when they were there. Um, but literally, like we had we can't we can't just like rush four and drop four and drop you know play quarters coverage and expect to win. You know even when we're up twenty two points, like can't get an onside kick. Like that's a little concerning. But ultimately, in the playoffs, like I don't think anyone's going back from their second gear into their first gear anyway. So that's more right. of a strategic concern. Um, but I think, you know, uh, you know, obviously, I'm concerned. You know, I, I, it's great that we found you know, Murphy, whatever his name is, guy Marcus yeah. Murphy, guy off the practice squad. Um, that's fantastic. But like, I'm definitely not uh, <coughs> counting on him to really get it done. The <laughs> take us home through the playoffs. Um, so that's a you know that's definitely concerning. Um, but you know, I, you know, the defense uh, played pretty well. Um, you know, but still a very, you know, obviously the secondary is fine, and it's a good secondary, and that that helps a lot. But the pass rush is not consistently there. The run defense is not consistently there, and um, it's kind of feels like we're just kind of getting by on, you know, bailing wire and duct tape. And it's kind of, it's they got to nine wins that way. Maybe they get four more. Who knows? But uh, it just. It, it it doesn't feel like this is a, I don't want to say it doesn't feel like a playoff team, but it doesn't feel drastically different than any of the kind of mediocre to average teams that we've had in the past that never really got me that excited because it was clear that the team had a ceiling. Now, again, there's no reason that, you know, the again, the, the Giants, when they beat the Pats, they were freaking 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven, um, and broke their 18-0 18, 18 season. So it can happen, but I'm also not, I'm not, I can't find myself getting excited based on how they've been playing. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Scott's banned. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I it was it was such a, an exciting game. You know, I was, you know, there's a cliche that says it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, and I don't think that applies to the Bills because we've seen this pattern with them before. The course of what happens throughout an entire game stands up, and I did note on Twitter after the onside kick recovery. Uh, that, you know, Miami onside kicks are to Buffalo what snakes are to Indiana Jones, or mm. shakes, as I said, the first iteration of that. Like, they can't seem to recover Miami onside kicks. It was Preston Brown last time. It was Patrick DeMarco this time. And then the game ended with a quarterback throwing an interception in the middle of nowhere for, for no reason. This time it was Poyer. Last time it was White. Uh, yeah, so it was a crazy end of the game. But I, focusing on what happened during the game, yeah, when LaShawn McCoy's for, first in attempt for your team and fourth in yardage, by a long shot, you know, he was way down the list and you're still able with 10 yards, you're still able to rush for 126 yards. You're still able to control the time of possession. Um, you know, you convert on 41.7% of your third downs. Those are things which 
are immensely valuable. They, yeah, they blew it in the, the fourth quarter, but they had the call again, go against them on the, the Preston Brown return. Uh, and yeah, they had some bad moments. But there was another that. Miami fumble that they didn't, that Miami recovered too. Right. That's right too. So they Miami got extremely lucky, obviously just being at that point in the game. So I think Buffalo showed, yes, even though they struggled to get to that finish them foot on the throat gear, they also won the game, which is something they typically don't do in these sorts of situations uh, in in previous years. So I was very pleased as in scouting all the details of, you know, Tyrod playing a good game. Clay, let's not overlook Clay when he plays his old team, seems to do very well. Defense did, I think, a very underrated performance. Yes, they were playing David Fales in a relatively incompetent offense. But aside from, uh, you know, aside from Drake having a good run or two, well, one good run, really, the 32-yard, and then Landry with his – uh, big day when they were targeting him all day because they wanted him to get the uh, mm-hmm. the delete league in receptions, which he did. I thought the Bills were, you know, just played a an excellent game, yeah, type of game that says, well, we're going to do our part to get in the playoffs here. So uh, what is everyone else, you know, what's everyone else going to do? So I was, uh, you know, very pleased overall with the, the performance. Yes, concerning that they didn't finish it with more vigor, but, you know, they won the game they needed to that got them in the playoffs. Uh, that is all accurate information. So with that, I'd like to move to because we have just we could we're going to talk forever. Um, let's go to three stars and and then see what else we want to talk about here because there is a lot to look forward to. Strangely, yes, it is strange to have other things to talk about that are like more important than what happened last week. Right. Um, uh, I will also yeah no I will also say I did enjoy the the like if if I was watching the game live when Kyle Williams scored that touchdown, then they went into the end zone and did the grenade throw, everyone fall over uh, celebration from any given Sunday, like, I think my heart would have stopped. I don't Scott, think I could have gotten it. Was immaculate. I couldn't, I couldn't handle the joy. It was so much joy. And again, I had delayed like, reaction to that joy, too, because I thought it was DeMarco. I didn't realize it until they showed the oh, replay. Yeah, sure. I didn't have yeah. sound. Yeah, you wouldn't have seen Williams come in. Yeah, I heard. That was the thing. I heard on the radio call, 95 reporting is eligible. And it took me like a half a second to be like, wait, who is that? And I was like, oh, is that Williams? And I'm like, oh, I guess they put him at tight end or football. And then he was in the end zone, and it was already over. And um, so uh, anyway. So um, the the thing about three stars is that we're not going to do uh, three stars. We're not going to give out a third star. We're not going to give out a second star. We're going to give the first star to every single member of the Bills, uh, hey. all the coaches, uh, the owners, the Pagulas, the pro, the personnel department, uh, Russ Brandon, and the commercial team. Um, all the people who work at the stadium, uh, the guys at the pro shop, the trainers, the managers, the gophers for the players, their families, um, pretty much the whole city of Buffalo, most of upstate New York, um, Bills fans kind of worldwide. Um, Paul gets his first star. Frank gets a first star. Uh, All of our our fans get a first star. I will. I will pull an Oprah. You get a first star, and you get a first star, and you does get the, a first star. Does the punter get a, a star? All the all the all the everyone on the team gets a star. I yes, love it. yes. I love no, it. the punter and the kicker included. Even though yeah. it was a decision, I'm breaking my rules. Yes, you got me, Frank. You're 100 percent right. I break I'm just, my rules. I'm just happy that it's so that it's that. It's that's know. yes. No, I, I I'm giving them to the, the guys who sell sodas at the at the snack bar. The punter and the kicker can get one too. Um, 
And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I wanted to give a star to. Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I don't want to give it to people who like didn't buy the team because that seems dumb. But like, um, like Doug Marone for leaving the team. I don't know. The list could go on, but everybody gets a star. How about that? The end. Very good. That is a great three stars. I'm very happy. And Kyle Williams got his star, so yeah. I'm I my request is fulfilled. <laughs> so excellent. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about? Let's see. I had two I things. Mean, we could go about the Bengals game. We kind of can game. go. When we do the Bengals game, we can kind of lead into where we were watching the game and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the game at home, obviously on my couch. I had I had the bills on the laptop and the local Baltimore game on the on the big TV. And I got to say by like, I don't know. I mean, the, the Bengals game was slower, but by certainly by the second half and the, when the bills were up two and a half, three scores, 17-ish points, I pretty much was checked out of the building. I was mostly watching the Bengals game and, and trying to will them to win. And uh, ultimately, you know, during bath time when they when they scored on fourth and 12 that's when i and loudly and my daughter yelled downstairs that's not funny daddy that's not funny <laughs> because i was <laughs> screaming and um so that's what i was doing i mean that's and i had no i had no plans i think i think scott was similarly situated and then we'll, we'll let paul tell the star <laughs> of the show here with his andrea, andrea came in accused me of and said i was um, I scared her half to death because she thought that I had like dropped the baby or something. Because um, <laughs> it was just kind of a scream out of nowhere, and she was putting oh Henry down. Um, so she didn't appreciate that. Um, and later, when I kind of explained it to her, I think she kind of um, kind of let me off the hook a little bit. But Softened to be fair, I yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> um, excuse me. But any uh, other than that, yeah, no. I was yeah, I was as I was saying, I was listening on the radio to the Bills call. And then kind of having the Ravens on either like on my phone, like watching the the play by play or the, you know, I'd have the TV on in the corner of my eye. But again, I was kind of occupied with the kids. So I couldn't really watch until basically, yeah, it was literally I saw, um, I think I saw the Raven, you know, the Bengals lose it on their the drive before, then the Ravens not be able to finish them off with you know uh but you know took the, all the Bengals timeouts basically um and left them with like a minute and a half left and then i saw the final drive so i saw like the last three drives basically okay so yeah my um i guess mine is the most interesting so i i covered this with uh frank a little bit before the the pod and of course anyone follows me on twitter got some of this uh <laughs> yeah so i had like many of you i had new year's eve plans and they were supposed to start a little bit earlier but uh, my wife and I came to a, a good arrangement where I was able to get her to Arbutus, Maryland, which is just outside of Baltimore, uh, for the start of this uh, soiree we were going to at a friend's house. I proceeded to go to a uh, sports bar down the road in Halethorpe, literally a 1.8-mile ride away. Uh, so I got there. I'm like, oh, look, this is great. A billion TVs. The game is, you know, uh, you know, it, it's going to be no problem. I struggled for an entire quarter to get, I guess a cook walked out during the course of, of the, the game at the sports bar. And I was getting increasingly frustrated this vein on Twitter that I essentially missed almost the entire first quarter just trying to get them to put the game on. So they finally put the, the game on. And then, then all was well. They bought me a couple of shots throughout the course of the night. Really good 
uh, bar. However, this was 20 plus Ravens fans and me. The one benefit I had that you guys didn't is I was able to watch the games literally side by side. I had the Bengals on my left and the Bills on my right. It was difficult, though, because I had to contain my celebration as best I could. I couldn't quite do it on the interception return for a touchdown by the Bengals. It gave them a two-score lead. But I was generally fairly well-behaved. So game goes on. All of a sudden, Tennessee is one. San Diego's one. I'm like, crap. I've got to root against everyone in this bar right now. And I made that clear to everyone. I'm like, sorry, guys. Like, oh, you know, and we so we went back and forth a little bit. So the Bills have now won their game. So it's legitimately I have to root against all these people in this this bar. And I was talking to, you know, Ryan asked me on Twitter how it went down. I actually should have clarified. I, I got to my car before the, the Bengals-Ravens game ended. So both Frank and my wife, uh, if you follow on Twitter, persuaded me to get the heck out of there for different reasons. My wife just wanted me to finally show up to the party. And Frank's like, you're in a, this is not the best situation you're in right now. So get out of that bar. So I get in the car. Uh, by this point is I'm, I'm literally halfway there. Like I said, six minute drive. And, uh, you know, I hear on the radio, fourth and 12 and Dalton, and it's the Ravens broadcast because I'm in Baltimore. Uh, fourth and 12, Dalton back to pass. And it's caught. Complete, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. And by myself, in a car, pumping my fist, screaming, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah, fuck. And I must have done it 15 times over. Uh, like I did literally until I parked uh, outside of my, my, my friend's place. So I uh, parked there. I waited to make sure that the Ravens were going to go for and out, which they did, and then raced to the door. Uh, wife answered the door, give her a big kiss, and was about to celebrate. And she's like, Brandon, our buddy Brandon, who's probably like really upset right now, so keep it toned down because he's a Ravens fan. So then I had to go in there and just keep it so toned down. Whereas I wanted to be like the Bills locker room or the airport or 716 bar, all those places, what they were at. Uh, but I instead had to kind of uh restrain my reaction uh to what was happening, but it was uh but I couldn't in the car, just pure, like with you guys, just pure instinct kicked in on that. Very good. I mean, it was just emotional, right? It was, it was a shock and it was exciting. And so how could you not let's, um, let's... I was also on a text chain actually with, uh, my sister-in-law's uh, current boyfriend who is a Ravens fan. Uh, oh boy. He, he, you know, it was all, and the funny thing is of course, and I actually have to put this on Facebook. Um, he went to Vegas a year ago with uh, my sister-in-law and they asked me, do I want to put any bets on anything? And I was like, no, I'm okay. And they're like, oh, we'll put something on for you. They're like, no, all right, all right. If you're going to put one on for me anyway, I'll just put it on myself. Just give me the Badgers to win the national championship. You know, I'll, I'll take that. That's fine. Um, so they come back, they bring me the ticket and the Badgers were like, I think it was like 75 to one or something. So I'm like, that's fine. They're like, we also got you another one. We got you bills to win the AFC championship. And that is currently <laughs> up on my, up on my mirror right now. Oh boy. So that is still out there. Um, so anyway, the deal was that if I, if either of them paid off, I, I took them out to dinner. So yes, the dinner that I'm going to take out the guy, the Ravens fan who brought me the, bought me the ticket that kept them out of the playoffs. If that cashes in, yes, he's going to get a very nice dinner out of it. Yeah. So anyway, uh well, that's pretty that's wild that's yeah. really cool um yeah i don't let's let's i want to switch gears briefly since we're talking about our experiences and just jump into some of the facebook stuff uh 
We've heard yeah. from we heard from people we hadn't heard from in a while. Uh, James, James Borum, name change question mark, and he's not the only one. My wife, do you guys have to change your name to maybe next year? Which we discussed. We said, actually, when we were discussing this at the end of December, we had a few hours where you could say maybe next year exclamation point and mean maybe we're going to do it in this upcoming playoff uh, deal. But we, the three of us, agreed that. Uh, maybe next year applies to the whole enchilada that this is a great achievement, but you know, it, you know, we're not going to consider a name change until we're talking championship um, or a championship period. Uh, but this certainly put a dent in the, in the, in the name. Uh, jo Josh posted a guess who's back 2017 Buffalo bills, NYEH entertainment hype joint. <clears throat> video which was fun to watch chris reed who po hasn't posted but never stopped listening happy that with maybe next year the same name uh yeah Brian, we haven't heard from chris i want to say it's been over a year since he posted could have been i'm glad that he's still listening and i'm glad that he posted uh hi chris happy new year uh happy new year to brian quite a few drinks tonight did that really happen yes it did brian um i posted the titanic touchdown on twitter if you haven't watched it it's great Go to the Facebook and click on the video and watch the Bengals touchdown set to the Titanic uh, theme. It is, hmm. it is, it's, it's, it's worth it, Scott. Um, We're gonna have to change our uh, cover photo, which is currently. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing that now. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, good. The burning ship on fire. Yeah, we are not the burning ship on fire. <laughs> <laughs> no moment. I don't know. Should we change anything? Till I mean, I, I changed the cover so. photo on Twitter a little while ago to the three of us at the Chiefs Bills game. Uh, okay. Theory. I feel like I can. I feel like I was going to change it. Like, okay, you're good. I think you're. I think you're. I good. just didn't get around to it. So yeah. All right, um, Sean. Can't wait for the pod, fellas. Well, here it is, Sean. Uh, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> uh, obviously, I've not suffered the full 18 years of darkness, but I try to imagine it by likening it to the 17 years of shit my Coventry City have been through since we dropped yeah. out of the Premier League. I think that's a fair. A lot, of, a lot of talk. I was looking at James and what's the next guy? Tom. James and in, in, sorry, Phil and Tom. Were, uh had a, the entire English Premier League soccer discussion. And the other one had the other team, right? That was a second division team, but is now in the seventh division. Right, Scottport County. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to ask you guys, what's worth, worse, going from Premier League to what are they, what was Coventry now, like third division? Um, Coventry second. They, I'll look or, it up. Or relegated to second, or a second division team that is now relegated to seventh. Because that, mm. like, that is a long fall. Now, admittedly, I think the road back from seven to two is probably a little quicker. But at the same point, like, because your facilities are probably already on point. If you're uh, you're on the, you know, the second second tier, you're probably pretty close to getting back there. Right. But they're in, yeah, they're in League One, I think, which I think is actually the third division because I think it's a Premier <laughs> Championship, and then they start counting. But I don't know that yeah, for sure. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it all works. They can. I don't. Those. When did but, this become a British football podcast? That's what is bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, we will we'll take we, it. We, we will educate ourselves up as much as we need to. Mm -hmm. That's true. We need to find out what the like what the world's greatest playoff losing streaks are. Maybe that's a research assignment for some point. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair question. And I and I, I don't want to read the entirety of their, their football combo, but it's it's good, including Phil, I think, uh, with a succinct point, I feel uncomfortable supporting a successful team. And I think that is something that is the undercurrent of 
a lot of the feelings now with this team. It's 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 a new position to be in with Buffalo for for not just it's it's an it's an old position that Paul and and, and you and I maybe sort of remember maybe, yeah. it, but a for bit. a whole bunch of people, it's a new feeling. It's like a I don't understand this. Like that's not a thing. Yeah, Ryan, I love Trey White's comment. Uh, not, yeah. not one of our listeners, as far as we know, about how like, hey, it's a new year, and we're one for one for the playoffs as long as I've been here. And I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, you are. Go, <laughs> just just live in that moment, like enjoy it, and just hope that you never have to feel it otherwise, because that means we're right there with you. The uh, Bills, when Ryan says that he had just moved to Ottawa the last time the Bills were in the playoffs, little did I know my beloved football team would wallow in mediocrity for so long. I legitimately can't figure out how I'm supposed to be feeling. I know I should be disappointed in if the Bills pull a one and done, but I just can't. I've been I've been stuck being a pessimistic pessimistic Bills fan after so many years of the franchise being beaten down. I'm just happy to see them here. Also, I get to wait a week before bugging Frank on Twitter for and with comic recommendations. Plus, I get another week of tormenting Paul with dumb thoughts during the game on Twitter. Um, so good for you, Ryan. Yeah, uh, well, and I would just if you want one. Mr. Miracle in DC, uh, DC comic, Mr. Miracle has been excellent. And I, it, I don't buy monthly comics anymore, but I'm buying this one. Um, Steven website for the anti Dalton foundation is start is straining under the load. And Ryan points out that most of the donations were is $17 amounts for the, the, the drought, which I think is actually 16 years or, or, or was it no, 17, 17 this yeah, it was, and this yeah, would have been 18 because this year yeah. shouldn't count. This whole season right, shouldn't. Yeah, it's a, yeah, because they didn't make the playoffs in 2000 season through the 2016 season, which was actually 17 seasons. So that was correct. It was 17 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen points out finally some good Bills press in Deadspin, which is fair. Uh, in, they're like, we just can't stop watching these Bills celebration videos, which were I, again were pretty awesome. Everything on Twitter was awesome, and it was really nice how 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 everybody was sort of excited for the Bills. Yeah, like, I even saw. Buffalo Rumblings blog that all of the other fans yeah. from like the Chiefs and the, the bunch of other like a lot of people showed up to pay their right. respects. Yeah, I even saw like a couple of Ravens fans that were like, "Well, shit, good, all right, Buffalo, good for you." Yep. And and I will say, my Ravens friend who I was celebrating news was like, "Oh, we didn't deserve it at all. I'm glad you guys right. got in." So, um, so that's you know, I have been asked like my my one friend said he goes on a table on a on a scale from zero to jump through a table in a parking lot how excited are you for the playoffs? so a little bit of that um uh so that's facebook yep there I were a couple little buried questions on facebook too and phil in his uh okay in his talk mentioned questions to what extent did taylor carry the bills in playoffs from one to ten one being Trent Dill for Osweiler snare ten being rogers and brady Ooh. i would give mm. that's a great question that i might a great give question. Like a question I'm going to say a six and a half. I don't think they get to the playoffs with Nate Peterman. That's a bold, bold proclamation. I know. Um, but if you were Rodgers or Brady this year, probably looking at an 11 win team or so. Yeah, I think I think a six is fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because it's kind of like the defense clearly won a couple of games, but they also were not a dominant defense by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no. And. <laughs> McCoy also had some some good games, definitely some first star kind of performances, like the Colts game kind of being one of them. But at the same time, like in terms of like total wins, yeah, I'd have to say at least I'd probably almost go to like I don't want to go to seven. Yeah, six is probably a good number. Right. Um, and then okay. uh, 
Yeah, yeah, there was another good question that Ryan had asked on, you know, did any of us do anything to celebrate the team finally getting in? You know, we kind of covered that, not particularly, um, just screaming, mainly screaming. We didn't, I don't think we fully expected it, so we didn't have a routine plan like, okay, let's go pop champagne on the 17th at this time. Well, maybe we'll do something specific now. So. We, did, uh, we did have a little text change going. Right. We did, we did. three of us, so we, we were had that. To, I had a little... some communing. Yes, and I had a little scotch, and then about two sips in, realized I don't drink scotch anymore. <laughs> and so, especially good scotch, I used to. Um, so clear I pretty li much clear liquors are for women. Right. In the words, I barely have liquors. So <laughs> at this point, I wanted a cup of tea, and I was quite quite pleased with it. My That's... question was this, and it's the first of you know I don't want to call it an off season question because it's not the off season. I didn't really know how to prepare for this podcast because normally at this time, the big question after week 17 is this, what game did the bills lose? Especially in one of these eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven seasons. What game did the bills lose that they needed to win? That's the difference. What was the, what was the keystone game that, that broke that they didn't get? So as my, my intelligent and beautiful, and did I say intelligent uh, wife pointed out, she's like, well, just flip that around. And just what was the game that they won that they should know won that that made it, um, uh, you know, that made that put them over the top. And I think the easy answer is week 17 against Miami, because obviously that's literally the last one that did it. But what was the game throughout the year? Uh, Paul, you had some thoughts on this and then we'll go to Scott. Um if you had to pick one, just yeah, try I only pick one. Pick one. I don't want to get all over the board. I would say I think it's one that falls under a lot of people's well maybe it doesn't fall under the rares. I'm gonna say the Colts game that we just witnessed okay. a couple weeks ago. They were they really lost that game. We forget that there was a two point conversion that essentially put the nail in their coffin. They would need Joe Webb to drive them downfield at the end of the game for a, a touchdown right. or at least drive them down enough to kick a field goal. And it was not field goal kicking weather <clears throat> as we found and there was a crazy penalty and it called it back. And then they punted in overtime, the situation which very well meant the game should have ended a tie because there were four minutes left in overtime, four minutes mm -hmm. left maybe, when they punted, but they magically got the ball back. That was a game, you look back on everything that happened about from about the 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter on, uh, and you think there's no way they should have won that game, but somehow they didn't without it. Um, that would have really affected their uh, conference win percentage, which guess what, where we'd be, well, they'd be eight and eight anyway, so they'd be out without right. that. Sure. Well, but if you flip that with a different game, right? right. If you flip that with a different game, they'd be out because that affected right. their conference win percentage. Right. Okay. Orlando had a question about that on Twitter, which we'll get to later. Okay. Uh, Scott, what do you think? This is a very is a very interesting question. It's very hard for me because I mean I think I think Paul makes a good point about like the Colts game is clearly one that like very easily could have gone the other way and like you all you know it's very easy to point to the the point at which you know it was you know you could have said that we lost it and then if we lose that game we don't we don't go on right um there there, there were other games that were similar that were kind of one score games where by definition mm -hmm. you're kind of one score away from it um you know from from winning to a certain extent um or losing i think um and so i'm looking back at the schedule and i wanted to find a win that was um basically we didn't expect them to win or we wouldn't have expected them to win based on how the season played out. And it's kind of the closest one I can think of is the Atlanta game. Yeah. yeah. Atlanta 10 and six playoff team. They, they weren't as good as people expected, but they were still a very good team and an extremely competitive, uh, NFC where nine of the 16 teams finished above 500. 
mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you told me then, if you if you if you put them in that game against other nine and seven teams and took away Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu right for the second half, mm-hmm. both of their starting wideouts were out in the second half. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many of those you'd also end up winning because right. again, they're not the, they're not the same without those two guys, um, and they also didn't have. Vic Beasley, I think, who's probably their best defensive player because he was injured mm-hmm. and then later came back. So even that one has a little bit of an asterisk next to it in terms of like being a clear like this was the game that that they 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 you you pick you picked out of the beginning of the season you didn't you didn't think they'd win it and they did and that's what that's what put them on. So I guess I'll say that one, but it's I think this gets to my the rude point about the mediocrity of this team. Yeah, that I can I can explain why we won all these other games like. I- yeah, and I think that's a lot of yeah. I think that's a lot of teams. I think the other thing not to underestimate with Atlanta, because um, I was thinking about picking them too, is they're a ten win team, and when you win the strength of victory tiebreaker, that's a big swing. You yeah, know, that's, that's a big swing, and that's Which why my to another victory over a ten win team, the one that we could have mentioned but did the one that I was going to mention just now is my selection. Go ahead, <laughs> the Kansas City yes. Chiefs. Um, yeah, they you know uh, also a game that nobody thought they were going to win like. You yeah, they were coming up. They lost by the Chargers to 30, which was a gift. They right. lost by the, the Saints to 37, also a gift, a late touchdown. They lost mm-hmm. to the Jets. Uh, the Jets by 13, which was really 27, because when Frank and I left Scott's, they were down 27. Right. And I think that you look at the, how the Chiefs had started the season, and it was like, well, no, the Chiefs are a playoff team. They're going to run away with the West, and you better start you know, at 5-2, and two, and the Bills are 5-2, and two, which is when I start – that's when the plan to nine and seven became possible. They got to five and two, and you said you got to win these games. And the Chiefs game was always in that camp of you're not going to win that game. It was always going to be the Jets, the Colts, and you had to get one from the Dolphins and one somewhere else, and that was going to get you to nine. And the whole kind of back end got wonky. But the Chiefs game, you know, it's on the road. It's against a team that ultimately, you know, did pull it together. Uh, yeah, ten and One six. Score game. They were and, they were in the slump at that point, and that's kind of the that's the asterisk for this one was the the Chiefs started yeah. out hot, they went into their slump, and then they got caught at the end. Now again, the Bills were a part of that, and they have as much a right of it as anybody of the other teams that that won against them. But yeah, no, I that's a good one too. Yeah, so I, I mean, when when you win on a tiebreaker, all your games were important, right? Like they were all important. They were they were all you, you needed to win every one of them, obviously. But I think those were the kinds of games that. They, they won that they didn't, you know, other years they wouldn't win or, or at least this year it was surprising and a good thing that they won. And I want to get back to your point about the mediocrity of the league because I honestly think that when we talk about Jacksonville, uh, I think what's good for the goose is going to be good for the gander with Jacksonville yeah, as well. And I don't, I don't know that I'm, I'm prepared to call them a great team or anything. Um, but let's keep team with a great defense. We, I, I'm willing to say that. Sure. I think so. So let's, let's talk about, uh, Twitter, and yeah. let's talk about this. So this is going to be the Paul segment. Right. <laughs> Twitter and and this day in Bill's history, and then I, I, we'll talk about Jacksonville Buffalo and, uh, right. yeah. And these are well connected because I, I did a vote on Twitter to see which this day in Bill's history we should do. So, oh, um, fancy. Yep. But uh, so just a couple observations that where I'm not going to go through everything. Uh, Reza was talking about his, you know, just his reaction to. I believe it, what was it? Oh, the Kyle Williams touchdown. And he said, 
I'm gleeful of nothing smart to share, so I'll leave you with an anecdote, a personal anecdote. When Kyle Williams scored his touchdown, I started screaming, in all caps, my baby, for a full minute. Makes no logical sense, but that's what I was feeling at the moment. <laughs> but I think we all have that moment where we're just, you're screaming things like, my baby, my baby. And it, you, no, it, it makes no sense, but it's the, the raw emotion that, that comes out. Um, Orlando was talking about the craziness of the tiebreaker scenarios and how the heck we got in at nine and seven. The the short explanation is, you know, um, we beat out the Chargers because, you know, the conference record uh, ruled out the Chargers. Is there go- you should go to the NFL yeah. tiebreaking NFL.com slash stand slash tiebreaking procedures has a three or more clubs one. And what did it for them for the that knocked out the Chargers is uh, they did not have a good one loss tied percentage in game played within the conference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, if, if if everybody had played everybody else in the top, like if LA had beaten all three, if they had beaten Tennessee, Buffalo, and in Baltimore, they'd Baltimore, be in. then yep. they would be in with a tied record because there would have been like a like a basically a balance. But because they had only, I think, only played Buffalo, there was no. Yep. It's not fair to eliminate Buffalo because we don't know how the other teams would have all played against each other. So that's why the first thing is in those records is always conference record. And then, so they were eliminated. And, and then, similarly, if, if say, uh, if say Tennessee had lost to the chargers, the Ravens and the bills, they would be ruled out because they got swept by right. the other three te- a clean sweep by the other three teams. I think right. the chargers, chargers may have played Tennessee, but I may have flew. That was the a point was They didn't play all of them. Right. Yeah. They yeah. didn't play all of them. So they, yeah. There was no clear way to, make them better than everybody and if they can't be better than everybody then that gets thrown out right so yeah and so the the titans had the best percentage of the conference the bill the the chargers had the worst so titans in chargers out that came down to the bills and ravens and lost best one loss tied record in common games minimum of four uh they were even in that so then it goes down to strength of victory and this is where in addition to thanking the bengals thank the cleveland browns for being owen 32 that will skew a team's strength of victory winning percentage in an instant. Baltimore beat them twice, of course. Uh, so you look at some of the teams the Bills beat, uh, you know, 0-32 is tough to make up when that affects your strength of victory. So it's almost better if they – Because they count twice. So right. Just so everyone knows, right, yeah. It, hilariously, I think Baltimore's in if they lost to the Browns uh, a couple weeks ago and beat the Bengals. Yes. They, they would be in. Yes. Um, so yeah, Orlando's won. Well, if the Chargers won, Titans lost, and the Ravens lost, well then it's a three-way tie at uh, nine and six. And I think I highlighted that one as yeah. So that would be the Bills would be in fifth, and the Ravens would be sixth in that scenario. So that would have worked out the best. But you know, we'll take what we can get. Um, and again, there's some you know, go to Buffalo News's path to the playoffs has this. And the NFL tiebreak procedures does so you can kind of answer those after the. The fact we talked about changing the name of the podcast, Riza is very pro. Don't change the name of the podcast. It's like yeah, that's off I the were, table. Yep. <laughs> Said if I were, I'd treat the name like Conan O'Brien's in the year 2000 segment. They did it way past calendar year 2000, to which I posted a photo of myself holding my Conan O'Brien in the year 2000 book. So, um, so yeah, and Tom just had some great feedback when we talked about. Um, you know, the feeling of shock and how they unloaded so many players. And Tom said, hey, they came up and set up a culture of professionalism and passion, got rid of those who didn't fit the best way to win it. I, I agree entirely. This is, like we said, not the most talented team of the drought, but the one that uh, won the most. <laughs> so won enough to get in the playoffs anyway. And then well, we were talking about, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, and that's kind of, I mean, again, I'm not ready for this ride to be over. Let's see where it happens. Yeah. 
but this is this is the very interesting point of how do you perceive this season it gets back to if you remember the cold open the for the foretellings of doom mm -hmm. there's different ways to read what has happened this season and that is very important for how the team goes on forward and that's yes. all that's yeah. a very good and different question from what is happening right now and, right. and then yeah. we'll now, if we were smart, we would put this out. We would have a continuing agenda, put this on that continuing agenda on like Google Drive, and then be like, oh, let's uh, discuss that topic for, for this week now that the bills are out. But we're going to forget. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to scramble right, next week's time and agenda. Yeah. Uh, or, or later than next week. Yeah. Or later, <laughs> yeah. Or, or in mid February. That would right. be the best. Um, and then uh, the only thing I had a favorite tweet when my reaction to the game is I, I said to quote the All American Rejects, it ends tonight. That was like the song that was in my head, which is funny because it's not the most joyful song. It's a sad song, but I believe an ending of a, a relationship. But it was almost that feeling of uh, that's all I think about is it, it ends tonight. The drought ends tonight. So that was what was going on 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 the Twitter. Thank you all for uh, for participating. I look forward to talking with you guys next week, though I will forewarn you. I'm going to, you know, feel free to follow Frank. Um, yes. What is, are you at Nationals 101? At Nationals 101. At Nationals uh, 101. Um, talk with him a bit during the first quarter. My flight doesn't land in Vegas until eh, almost like uh, the end of the first quarter. So. Frank, for, for branding purposes, you, would you consider just kind of taking over the account? I, for, I, I believe I have access to the account. So perhaps yeah, yeah, I did will... it last year. I had a funeral to go to, and you tweeted for the first half of the Patriots game. And I had I, more fun at the funeral, I'm sure, because that was a bad game. <laughs> Sorry. You had more fun than some people at the funeral. That's yeah, for sure. Jeez, uh, and done, and done. Um, <laughs> we'll discuss that further on our next podcast, maybe next black humor. Um, but we will, uh, yeah, no, I either at Nationals One Hundred One or on maybe next, probably on maybe next year. I will just step into Paul's shoes and upset everyone when they're like, "You're not Paul." That's not Paul wouldn't say that to me, and I just start blocking people left and right. Yeah. But, it's like, why have you uh, blocked Ryan and Orlando and Riza and oh my god and Shape? And that Shape one guy who says terrible things about me, whoever he, he is. He, he, he jumped in once this week and now I've closed the Twitter account, but I forgot what he Oh, he was at the bar talking to girls, I think, during the game, which is a good way to celebrate, assuming he's single. Otherwise, he's not. I, no one here can, can say that hasn't happened. So, um, <laughs> so that's Twitter. Uh, let's let's do that. Look, we're we're this is a loaded podcast, but let's do this day in Bill's history. Let's talk about Bill's yep. Jags and let's get out of here. Yep, this is going to be uh, this was the game that was voted on. I feel because it's very much um, the one that's most analogous to what we thought could have happened, especially. And I think it was Rizu brought it up from maybe Orlando. Like when David Fails came in the game, it was very much like Brian St. Pierre coming into the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2004. So this is, you remember, was the season the Bills started, I believe. 0-4, went on just a phenomenal run, won six games in a row toward the end of the year and somehow ended up at 9-6. and six. They needed a Jets loss and a win, and their games were going on at the same time to get into the playoffs. And the Jets, I think they're playing the Rams, if memory serves, did end up losing that game in, in overtime. So this game would have gotten them in. So, um, you know, this it, talking about the – this was, you know, just a, a crazy game. So the Bills um, – you know, their first touchdown, touch of the ball uh, was a Nate Clements fumble. That was not good. So Tommy Maddox, Willie Parker, and Antoine Randall-L uh, got the Steelers out to 16-10 to 10 lead. However, at the time, the Rams were beating the Jets 14-10. to 10. So you're hoping Buffalo stepped it up in the second half. So Buffalo did. Nate Clements 
redeems himself, gets an interception return for a touchdown. Buffalo goes up 17-6. to six. And then in a drive, I will never forget, and the Arkham team doesn't have this full description there, Buffalo drove from their own one-yard line to the Pittsburgh 11. An 11-play drive, they ate up more than half of the third quarter. It was a drive of beauty. So what's not mentioned in this article is the Bills had a pass uh, to, I believe it was, I forgot the receiver, but I remember they gained a first down on third down. And Josh Reed, you might remember Josh Reed. Um, I remember him. Sure, yeah. LSU, third round. Yep, very good. So he got called, I believe, for um, pass interference is, is, you know, essentially what happened here. So he gets called for pass interference. And uh, so they, the, the completion that would have happened uh, is, is overruled. Um, oh, and I can't mention this guy's name or else it's just going to, because this guy's going to be a perfect answer to the trivia question. Um, so Josh Reed gets called for this penalty. Um, horribly unfortunate. Uh, puts the Bills in a bad spot. So uh, it goes from being third and one, which they've just converted now, uh, to third and 11. As a pass to Damon Shelton, by the way, for seven yards. So the, this now it's third and 11, 238 to go in the, the quarter. Uh, Drew Bledsoe pass complete to this Buffalo tight end, their fifth string tight end, for the record. They had the injuries to their top four tight ends throughout the year. Catches it, gets 10 yards. So now they're in fourth and one, and they have to choose between going for it up by one or try Ryan Lindell in a 28-yard field goal. And Ryan Lindell has been money all season long. So it's like, all right, it's going to give us a four-point lead. We're winding down the second half, or second the third quarter. Uh, let's just do it. He misses, misses a 28-yard field goal. Next play, Willie Parker, left tackle, 58 yards. This ended up being Willie Parker's coming out party. Steelers kicked a field goal at the end of that drive. On the next drive, after the Bills got the ball, they ran two plays and went nowhere with uh, McGahee and then a pass from Bledsoe to Ryan Newfeld. And then uh, Drew Bledsoe is sacked, fumbles, and recovered by a Steelers rookie uh, by the name of James Harrison, an undrafted player. See, he wasn't a rookie at this point. He was undrafted his first year in the league because he didn't do anything. He'd been cut three times by the Steelers and cut by the Ravens before he was re-signed by the Steelers a fourth time in 2004. Um, he broke free, sacked Bledsoe. That's wild. Yep, recovered it for a touchdown, gives the Steelers a nine-point advantage uh, with 11 minutes left in the game. Steelers with Brian St. Pierre at quarterback, ran the ball 14 consecutive times, eight to eight minutes off clock, all of Buffalo's times out, timeouts, earned four touchdowns, got 46 yards and scored a field goal to take a 12-point lead uh, late in the fourth. The Bills did get a touchdown with 52 seconds left to make it 29-24, but unlike the Miami Dolphins against the Bills, they could not recover uh, the onside kick, and so... They almost ended the drought at five years. Um, so Buffalo fell to the Steelers' backups. Uh, David Fa or, uh, Brian St. Pierre, the 2004 version of David Fales, would lead the Steelers in the second half. It was Willie Parker's coming out party. It was James Harrison's coming out party. No one knew who these guys were. The Steelers would go 15-1, and one, only to barely beat the Jets in a game they never should have won in the playoffs and then get killed by, I think, um, 2004, I think it was the Patriots in 2004 on the way to their third Super Bowl win in four years. So uh, the trivia question for this game, I mentioned the Bills were down to their uh, four-string tight end at this point. So when you look at the, the roster for the season, I'll, I'll finish up the depth chart. But this player, um, he did catch, let's see how many passes he caught that. He, in his, his career, he was targeted four times, caught three passes for 25 yards, all in all for the Bills. Um, you know, the catch reference that almost got the Bills the first down, if it had been for 11 yards instead of 10 yards, 
uh, it would have changed the entire complexion of the game. So can you name the Bills' fourth-string tight end, uh, or fifth-string tight end, excuse me, who ended up making the catch that fell just short and could have changed the complexion of the game if he'd just gotten one more yard? No. All right. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, the name, of course, uh, Zviad Jaladze, uh, famous Georgian uh, football with uh, with a with a U player, uh, who uh, obviously born in Abkhazia. He was a defender for many of the Georgian teams that he played with, and then obviously onto the the Russian teams that he played with later in his career. Uh, but then he did end up coming back to uh, play uh, tight end for the Bills for that one season. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think that probably his lack of background in the sport led him to forget where the sticks were when he, you know, he bent off that curl route uh, and, and uh, didn't, didn't quite get there. So yeah, that was, I think, who it was. Novad, yes. Uh, as, as usual, Scott's correct. Um, just looking at this, I remember the play so clearly where he just caught it over the middle and just seemed like he was going to be able to get there. And then he didn't have the wherewithal to like stretch out like players do now. So he was, uh, behind Tim Ewis on the roster, Mark Campbell on the roster, Ryan Newfeld on the roster. And I'm looking, oh, and, uh, Bill's had a rookie tight end. You may know this name. I've never had this guy. Jason Peters was their fourth string tight end. Oh man. Yep. Uh, that's 2004. He was still a tight end behind Jason Peters. Yep. Behind Jason <laughs> Peters. So the fifth was Rod Trafford, Rodney Trafford. Nope. Trafford. Yep. Not Morristown, New Jersey, born November 29th of 1978, 63, 250. Um, he What's is, he doing these days? I don't know. Very well. Could be. I'm uh it mentions he is the 15,390th uh, rated player in NFL history. So thank you for that. That's uh, let's take a look at his LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. He played for the Claymores, Scotland, right? Yeah, Scottish Claymores. I'm hoping he's not a, a premium account on LinkedIn, or he's going to see that I'm doing this right now. So, what does he care? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So well, we'll find out in a second. He's the vice Jordan. president of uh, South. Won- yeah, yeah, he's. Seems to be doing well for himself. Yeah, heads up football ambassador in South Florida right now. Uh, Partner for a group that's developing uh, football technology is showing significant reduction in impact forces using expertise in medicine and engineering to protect young athletes. I see. Wikipedia says he joined I1 Biometrics as regional sales manager to help with the growing epidemic of undiagnosed sports brain industries. So. Tackles waves in Costa Rica. The Buffalo Bills tight end wasted no time once the NFL season ended. One week after the Super Bowl, he packed his bags, got on a plane with a friend, and headed to Tamarindo, Costa Rica, a tiny city. Oh, I've been a Tamar- I have a shirt that says Tamarindo. Oh. Interesting. That was listed under activities on Wikipedia. And there you go. He's got a substantial Wikipedia page for someone with four career catches. <laughs> I They probably, you know, just... In fact, he has every single catch. Uh, and, uh, no, four career his, targets, his, three his, his entire game log is listed here. Yep. Wow. Four, four targets, three catches. Four targets, three catches, 25 yards. 25 including, yards. including the one in this game, Bills lose to the Steelers 29-24, January mm-hmm. 2nd, 2005, even though it was the end of the 2004 season. Correct. Well, thank you for that. That was, that was yeah. good. You know, he had 18 catches in NFL Europe for 223 yards. He yeah, had, yeah. 24 touchdowns, is that right? Touchdown, 24, FD, one. I don't know what an FD is. FD, I don't know what that would be. 
He couldn't have 18 catches and 24 TDs. That yeah, that doesn't right. make sense. It says 20, It says touchdowns 24. So I don't know. Unless touch. Well, whatever. Well, we will we will decipher well, Rod Trafford's Scottish Claymore's uh, stat line another week uh, because we are we are deep into the in into the hour. We're we're past the hour for hour, sure. Into hour uh, two. Yes, uh, but it, it's it's worth it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end it now. Uh, or, or or come to the the end here. Uh, the, they're not ten point underdogs. They're like nine ish point underdogs to so the Jacksonville Jaguars, the AFC South uh, second best you know or, or best defense or second best defense in the league uh, in a lot of categories. Uh, coached by Doug Marone, our uh, you know former coach of just a handful of years ago, Mike Malarkey also in the playoffs. As we pointed out the other other week, there was a chance that um, Anthony Lynn was going to be in the playoffs <laughs> and all these ex-Bills coaches were going to be in the playoffs. But, um, you know. Yeah, I, was gonna, I forgot to mention, like, I had this on the thing. They've Darius Watkins, Darby, Reggie Ragland, Kevon Seymour were all traded by the Bills and are all contributing players to playoff teams. Weird, it's wild. It wasn't right, even the free agent. We're not even talking about Robert Woods, who, you know, is in the playoffs. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore in the playoffs. Mike Gill is in the playoffs. Right. I mean, it was all all the guys who left are in the playoffs, and usually that's a sign that you won't be. But yeah. you know, the Bills are as well. Uh, yeah. I would like to paint the picture like this. Uh, I don't know that Jacksonville is a very good team. They have the they have they are tied with Tennessee for the easiest schedule in the league. Um, they had ten wins, of course. Four of them came against Houston and Indianapolis. Uh, they beat Seattle. Uh, at the end of the year, which is not a very good team. They beat Cleveland. They beat the Chargers, who let's say is a good team. They beat the Bengals, who are a little dangerous, but not a great team. They beat Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh was down. Uh, they beat Baltimore. They crushed Baltimore 44-7. to uh, and, and that's it. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the Rams. Lost to Arizona, which is not a good team. They lost to the Niners, which is tough to read. They lost to Tennessee twice. Um so, you know, I don't know. I mean, how much of it is smoke and mirrors? How much of it is is Blake Bortles? How much of it is Doug Marone? Almost all of it is probably the defense. Uh, I'd like to say, you know, I'd like to open the bidding because it's. I think it's mm-hmm. playoff week, and I think it's fair to just sort of, you know, be honest. I'm going to LaShawn McCoy plays, and I think that that's a fair caveat. I think the Bills will win. I think the Bills can win, and I think they will. I think that the defense is very good for for Jacksonville. I uh, I don't really believe in their offense. I'm sorry, I don't. I think that the Bills' defense is actually much better than people think it is. And I think that if EJ Gaines is playing, and you have a secondary that is filled out and very good, and you have a front four that or front three and four that was getting a little bit more pressure than um, it had been, and I'm comfortable that you know they might be able to rattle what is I won't quite say a paper lion. Uh, maybe I'll say a paper Jaguar, but they're not, they're not, you know, I'm not convinced that they're a great team and that Buffalo can't win. So I'm just going to be an optimist and let's just shoot from the hip here. And I'm going to say the bills are going to, if, if LaShawn McCoy plays, I think the, the bills are going to win this game. Um, and I'll say 16, 13. Someone go next. All right. <laughs> um, I, I can drop some more knowledge here. Uh, Frank, sure. had a nice trivia about the schedule there. Um, uh, yes, if you do look at the total yards, uh, Tennessee or excuse me, Jacksonville has the number two 
defense in the league. However, does anyone know what their rushing defense is? Not good. Twenty first in the league in rushing defense. So again, the health of LaShawn McCoy, which again is kind of again, not that the Bills are totally past all the cosmic iniquities, but having him get dinged in the last game of the season, mm-hmm. normally not a big deal. This year kind of is. Um so yeah, he's kind of critical for this game. That said, I I would I would um I would venture to say that I am making my pick regardless of LaShawn McCoy's health. I think the Bills win anyway. Um I think wow. he, I think I think he is gonna play, but I think we'd probably have a decent shot even if he didn't. <laughs> Excuse me. Um as as the death comes to take me uh at the moment. <laughs> Literally as I Oh, by the way, I have to tell this story for everyone who um, I don't think I told it on the podcast. I think we talked about it before one day. The reason that I jokingly told the guys earlier in the year that I knew the Bills would make the playoff this season was because I had made a plans with a friend to go watch Wisconsin yes. hockey play Penn State on s- this Saturday night. Literally the first wildcard weekend Saturday. Um, because I, why would I bother to check the NFL schedule to see who's playing in the playoffs in December? I don't need to know that. I'm a Bills fan. Um, and literally, I was kind of bringing it up after we got to 5-2 and two at some point. I mentioned I knew we were going to jokingly mention that I knew we'd make the playoffs because the first game would be almost certainly after 17 years would be that Saturday night, and I would have watch it. Luckily, it turns out that it's Sunday afternoon. Uh, but anyway, getting back to my picks, I do think the Bills win. I do think it'll be a low-scoring game. I am not scared of Leonard Fournette. Uh, because the Bills' rush defense obviously has been worse. Uh, they are 29th in the league in rush defense. But to my knowledge, I can't think of a big bruising running back who has gotten the better of them. And frankly, he's not even that good of a big bruising running back. Like he didn't, he barely had a thousand yards this year. Yeah, he kind of split time with Chris Ivory, who again has been someone who has torched us in the past. But he's not kind of again like if he's the the reason Jacksonville wins the game. Like you know, whatever. We clearly didn't deserve to win it. Um, but uh, so Fournette doesn't scare me. Uh, Marquise Lee on the NS- ESPN site says that he's out. Um, so that means guys like Alan Hearns. Um, there's somebody named Keenan Cole, I think, who is a wide receiver who has gotten the most targets for them this year to this point, um, which is a guy who I've never heard of and therefore doesn't scare me. That's probably <laughs> uh, arrogance talking, but uh, whatever. Um, so yeah, I will similarly take a Bills win. I will I will say it'll be probably a bit more high scoring just because weird things happen. It's the playoffs. So I'll say... Um, Bills 20, uh, or the Bills like 19, Jacksonville. Okay. I'm going to, this is going to be, and I feel like I have to pick the Jaguars because you remember last week, Frank and Scott picked Buffalo and I picked Miami. So I'm going to pick the Jaguars. I'm not dumb. You need to do so. I know what to do here. SB Nation's writers, all seven of them. Uh, pick the Jaguars over the Bills. So, uh, do you do line... any analysis anymore? I mean, it seems like like even the stats are just like, well, Jacksonville has one more win, so they're a better team. Like, what yeah. the fuck? What's no, the I, I agree. There's, I think they're, I think the run defense has been better with Darius. I saw he had four tackles and a sack on Sunday, but they're still mediocre overall. Um, I think I Blake Bortles' red team, this defense, if they, I think the defense can get some turnovers, and I think they need to get some turnovers, and that's what can, you know, result them. You know, result in them winning this game. Same with you know, LaShawn. Will he be at a hundred percent? I think after an ankle sprain, it's going to be tough for him to be a hundred percent. So even if he's in there, uh, it might be might be difficult. So um, yeah, I'm going to take the I'm going to be the unpopular guy here, and I'm going to say the Jaguars win this one in a thriller, uh, twelve to six. 
three nothing. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, essentially what I want to do. And Steve and Stephen had uh, Michael and Mullen just and now just bringing up Facebook questions because people are posting them seventeen minutes ago. Mm. Um, you know, would you care to dig into this a little? For, okay, Michael's asking him. Sorry, I'm just going into Twitter questions or Facebook questions. But he, you know, we previously brought up the question of what making the wild card means it was established that it definitely ends the drought. I think the drought is a big deal in its own right. However, would you care to dig into this a little further now that Buffalo's actually made the playoffs? Yeah, you know, it'll be – it's a, it's big. It's huge that the drought's over. We have the monkeys off the back. But, yeah, they've got to win in the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, we did talk about Mike Tolbert and Marcus Murphy not looking bad against Miami, so that was brought up too. But, uh, as Steven points out, you know, the Bills are in trouble if LaShawn is out. So that's right. – that's my thinking too, and that's why I really worry about this game. Steven also points out that Dennison's play call seemed to be gradually improving, and I, I would agree. I didn't see anything stupid that he did on. It does seem that way, and I liked that first the O'Leary touchdown. They diagrammed yeah. it on CBS where they showed you know everyone kind of moving to the left like a normal bootleg, but then Tyrod runs the other way, and O'Leary runs the other way, and he's like he's wide. He's the widest open we've had anyone in the end zone all year. Yep, beautiful call. So, well, yeah, but I'm going with the Jags. Well, if you would like to leave us your thoughts on who's going to win this game or your thoughts on the game or anything, I mean, feel free to get a hold of us. Facebook.com backslash BBillsMNY or Twitter uh, BBillsMNY. Uh, you can find us Buffalo Bills maybe next year if you Google that. You can go to our Facebook page B, or, or our blog BBillsMNY.wordpress.com, which is uh, available to you now. Uh, at gmail if you'd like to email us but we don't really ever check that uh, and you know you can always let's see Buffalo Bills which I pointed out this is among the first ever podcasts about a Buffalo Bills playoff game but only depending on what anybody else has put out this week because podcasts were not things in 1999 they were barely technically things in 2000 and certainly nobody was doing anything with podcasts Really, until like I don't know, two thousand four, two thousand. Would be listening to someone, someone recording a wave file on your AOL account in nineteen ninety nine. If you were listening to something online about the bills, right? Well, we continue, I believe, to still be on the second page here. Um, we are with the good ones. And bills and beers, by the way, they've gotten their podcast up. Give that a, a listen. It was entertaining as expected this week. So good stuff. I I bet that will be a good show. But yeah, so this is a bit of history we've made. Um, but hopefully, we have more history to make. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a really fun season, and I'm glad that you've all sort of shared it with us. Uh, until next week, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Playoff Paul. Good night, guys.